it's time to gather together. Hi there, I'm Yelta, and I'll be buying the first round while we chat about Final Fantasy XIV. This is episode 155. Pull up a chair and join us. On the menu tonight, announcing the Flowers for All screenshot contest. Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers pre-order bonus items now available. Letter from the producer part 50 at Tokyo Fan Festival. The NAEU Data Center Expansion. New optional items are available. Little Ladies Day festivities begin February 28th. Final Fantasy XIV boss talks about how Blue Mage Experiment went over and the future of the game. And Final Fantasy XIV's director talks Blue Mage's world visits and modern MMOs. Yoshi P comments on Baldessian Arsenal feedback alongside today's hot fix. This is a Gamer Escape article. Nengenki online interview with lead designer... Takeo Suzuki, that's a Reddit translation. We have some developers blog, and we have the winners to our Show Us Your Bunny Boy contest. But first, let's shoot the shit. What's been going on this week? Well, the last two weeks. Hey, Ruby. Hey, Yelta. Hey. Welcome back. Welcome back. Well, it's not It's not you that's back. It's You're me back. that's back. I've been here. I never went nowhere. Well, actually, you, I did. You... Yeah, well, you went places, and I know you're going to talk about that, and that was awesome, what you got to do. Um, I took a trip with the fam to Massachusetts to visit my extended family and parts of my own immediate family. So we had a blast. We took the Bean Boy up there. So those of you who've been following us and, and follow me know uh, my son just turned one years old uh, a couple weeks ago, so... We took Alexander to Massachusetts to visit the family. It was all good. We ate a bunch of seafood. We got to play in the snow. Uh, we got to see some good friends. What's up, Excalibur? We ate hot pot with our good friend, the puppet master extraordinaire from Final Fantasy XI, uh, Excalibur. So what's up, my dude? Uh, and it was a it was a really good hot pot place we went to. It's called Q. So if you're ever in the Boston area and you get to uh, uh, Chinatown, there's a restaurant called Q, and it is freaking amazing. So check that out. Uh, we do not get royalties from, from that. I wish we would. That'd be cool. Uh, anyway, uh, had a really really good time. Uh, but of course, couldn't play any 14 while I was up there, and we couldn't podcast last week. So we're kind of putting it all into this episode, but um, that was good. And then another personal thing, if you've been following me, um, I know a lot of you have uh, talked to me about like job stuff that I've been working on. Well, I did get a new job recently. I start that job here in the next few weeks. Um, I'm hoping that frees up a little more time for me, maybe not right at the get-go because I, I got to show my shit. You know, I got I to gotta show out a little bit so they don't fire me, uh, but – I'm hoping it gives me a little extra free time to uh, put more put more time into the podcast and play a little more Final Fantasy XIV like the good old days. So um, that's a that's a plus plus. It's a win win for my family. So this is uh, this is all good things, all positive things moving forward. So I'm I'm very happy. And uh, speaking of other positive things in that realm, um, even though we don't really have that in the notes here, I think we're in talks. Um, with uh, Moogle Go Round. We'll be doing some stuff with them in the near future. I've been talking to uh, Brian at work to game for some upcoming stuff. So uh, we're going to have some more stuff uh, in the GT FFXIV horizon. So uh, thank you guys very much for sticking with us because we've got a lot of good coming. And uh, one other thing that I wanted to share, and I was this is one of those like shower thoughts that I have. 
you know, I was thinking about um, uh, my job and different prospects and getting getting more time to the uh, to the podcast. And um, I was thinking, you know, there are times in our life like we we want to put effort towards something, but we don't feel like we have the time. And then there's times that we know that there's things that we need to do and we don't put that time and effort towards them and it creates anxiety and then it's a vicious cycle because then anxiety makes us not want to do anything and then by not doing anything it creates more anxiety and then blah. and uh I was thinking about savage raiding recently because uh Sin and I have not savage raid raided since the birth of our son and of course we spend a lot of time uh with Alexander and and that's important it should be important right um, but you know, there were other things after, after he was born that, you know, I, I worked on myself personally and some aspects of life. And I feel like it, it led me to a place where I was able to, um, move forward with some aspects of my life that, um, I had been holding back and I'm not blaming that on savage rating. Don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming that on any video game. Uh, what I'm saying is there are things in life sometimes that we put off because we find other things to distract us from reality. And, uh, I, you know, I focused on reality a bit and I feel successful now. I feel like I've, I've moved to a different place that should give me more free time so I can enjoy my, my hobbies more. And, uh, anyway, all I'm trying to say is I'm glad you're part of this journey with me and with Yelta and, uh, we hope to bring more stuff to you. So that being said, let's talk about the game shit I did in this freaking video game that we call Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, I did the 24-man raid. I did all of them. So I got back. We got back like really late Saturday. Yelta sent a blizzard to uh, Massachusetts. Just for you. Just for you. Thanks, Shiva. And uh, we uh, we ended up getting uh, on our flight two hours late coming back. So long story short, we got back really late on Saturday. And uh, I really had a short amount of time to play before reset, which is today. We usually record on Tuesdays. And uh, so I managed to squeeze in all three 24-man raids and uh, a couple of experts. I got really close to capping, but I was able to uh, upgrade some gear. And again, I'm Rubicon has been really slow on the uptake at the end of Stormblood here. But uh, I finally hit 390 on Summoner on my main terrible i know but i'm i'm finally kind of getting up there so i've got three pieces upgraded the body legs and feet because i wanted that i wanted that sweet crit and um i'm able to beat the the dummy for the the final savage deal what a 12 i guess uh so that's nice i did that this weekend um i didn't get any drops no i did i think i got the um, I think I got something for healer. I might have got some healer shoes or something like that. Uh, so I uh, I also upgraded my um, my healer gear. I was working on that a little bit. I bought some green pieces and traded those in for the 390 slot so I could get into um, – I broke into I think like 385 or 386, maybe even 388 on uh, on healer. And I thought, well, fuck it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to goof with Astrologian. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to play that sweet dancer when it's finally announced, but, uh, I wanted to do something unconfirmed. Uh, I wanted to do something different than white mage. Yelta, you play a lot of white mage oh, yeah. and, and I don't envy you for it. I used to play a ton of white mage, but if you and I ever did anything again in the future, nobody's going to take double white mage. And I was like, you no. know what? I'm a fuck. Yeah. Somebody's gotta, I'm, somebody's gotta, somebody's gotta do something different. So I thought. 
I'm gonna fuck around with Astrologian a little bit. Let me let me see what I can do. I have played it before. All my healers are seventy. Let's let's see if Ruby remembers how to Astrologian. And I did a pretty good job. I did a couple of experts. I think maybe three experts on it just to to wet my whistle. And I did the first two twenty four man raids, the easy ones, uh, Ripperana and and uh, the other one. And um, they did not go bad. In fact, I carried the other healer in one of them. I think. Uh, I, I think in one of the two, the other healer, who was a white mage, um, what's the, it's the first fight of the second one, the one with the water dude, mm-hmm. yep. and he's an, if you don't understand how that, that jar works, he's an asshole, and I finally learned, but this other guy didn't, and he died like seven times on that fight, I kid you not, and he said, like, after the fourth one, I fucking hate this fight, he typed it in the <laughs> chat. The only thing I'm not good at because I I haven't played a lot of healer in Stormblood is rescue. I'm just mm-hmm. like I'm gonna have to move where that's at on my bar because I'm not Johnny on the spot. To, and I could have probably rescued him, but I have it off of a hot hot key. I have it like on this top bar that's not hot keyed, and I'm like, <sighs> do I take off my uh, cleric stance? And move it around so I can rescue. And the answer is probably yes, but I still like cleric stance because I want to do a little bit extra. I'm not respecting the content. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm I DPS as a healer. Great community, by the way. I'm not respecting this content. <laughs> and I'm DPSing as a healer, and it's terrible. But it's like, do I want to rescue people or do I want to do some damage? And the answer should be put the balance on yourself and do damage, right? So I did that a couple of times. The arrow usually. Nobody wants the fucking arrow, right? Samurais are like, I want the arrow. Black mages are like, I'll take arrow. Um, so uh, anyway, it was fun to do Astrologian. By the end of it, I think by by that and the end of the two man raids, I'm like, okay, I I think I remember how to do this enough that nobody's bitching at me. I had a tank tell me I did a, a really great job in one of them. And, nice. Um, so, I mean, that made me feel good because I haven't healed in forever. So that's cool. I just got to work on that eye, eye level, that gear score, right? So anyway, uh, I did Little Ladies Day. That was fun. Uh, it was cute. There was a, there was a couple tearjerker ones, a little heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's in the main story. But then there's also seven cutscenes. Thank you, Yelta. I had stopped at five, and then I thought, I haven't seen the Sultana yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went back and did that. And then I the last one I got. Not, no spoilers, but the last one I, the, of the seven was the one that you saw the two little buddies on the mat that are kind of in the corner looking out. You know which one I'm talking about? Biggs and Wedge show up and then there's... Yeah, yeah, okay. I have to tell – I have to just pause right there because my husband has now done it 80 times. 80 times. And he has not once seen that one. But he also – it would have been a spoiler because he hasn't done this other content yet. 80 times. Uh, ooh. Yeah. But so. do you, I wonder if that doesn't proc because he hasn't done the I other know. content. Well, and I kind of expected it to proc, but you, because you've seen it, right? Yeah. They could just like cut out that whole last little section and it would be fine, right? Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, he, apparently he doesn't get it at all because he, sa- he says he might go to 100 and I'm like, Christ, honey, it'd be faster to run you through all of normal mode Alexander or not Alexander. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, spoiler free, but not really, because I think most people have done it. Is that there's a little clip of Omega type stuff that happens at the end of the Biggs and Wedge cutscene, and um, 
I'm guessing if you haven't done Omega, you may not see those two little dudes staring off to the side. So interesting, interesting take. Now, when I did the first five, there were five different ones back to back. Oh wow! And then I got, and then I got Yellow Moon again, and then I got um, uh, a different one of the other ones again. And I'm like, eh, let me take a break. And that's when I tweeted out, "How many of these are there?" So I can finish it up. I I also want to say in Gridania because we had one of these last year or the something Easter similar. Baskets, yeah, the Easter baskets. There were probably like seven of those as well. And I really like the way they do this because you get a little bit of lore and some interaction uh, with NPCs that don't normally interact with each other. There's crushes I forgot about. Mm-hmm. I forgot that, you know, the Lalafell has a crush on Tataru. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's things I forgot about. Yep. So I'm waiting for Rule 34 on that. It's Drop already out me. there, probably. That's I'm our next like, contest. Oh, my God. Rule 34, Lollipop. No, please wait don't. Wait till we, we'll start the lewd channel. Yeah, exactly. I discovered a, a lewd channel. I was on, you know, there was some news about um, one of these game developers doing a AMA on 8chan, CP old 8chan. And uh, it blew up big, um, and so there was a lot of a lot of buzz around that. And so I went to 8chan, and I scrolled down, and there is a lewd XIV channel on 8chan, and oh, it's man. it's full of lewds, lewds and nudes and anything that you can imagine. A lot of those uh, mods that Yoshida doesn't like. Oh my! Oh yeah! <clears throat> oh my! So anyway. Uh, if you want your Vieira mails, I'm sure there's a mod for it whenever <laughs> Vieira comes out. <laughs> okay, anyway, oh I'll, I digress from that topic. Um, and then last thing, I pre-ordered, finally pre-ordered Shadowbringers. I got paid, and uh, I uh, took care of that. So I've got my Aetherite earrings. I've got my little uh, Minion, the Gremlin, and I did it for uh, Cinna and I. I went for the... Um, collector's edition Cinna didn't really care for the collector she's like what do i need squall's gun blade and a mount that i think is ugly for and i'm like hey it's your choice I, whatever that's that's a legit because I, I don't really like either of those either and there's one other thing what is it a minion or something i don't remember what the other thing is well, but it's the, well the minion was part of our pre-order wasn't it there was one there's one other item that comes with it and it's just it wasn't okay. enough well, it wasn't anything to steer her no i, I, I like the digital enough. stuff i don't care as much about the physical stuff but yeah yeah, I thought the chicken knife was cuter for – even though I'm not like – I don't have like a chicken knife um, glamour set or anything going for, for my red mage. I do think I used it one time. Um, I tried it on and I was like, yep, that's cute. Bye. Yeah, pretty much. So, you know, I can I can see her not doing the collector's edition. I can see anybody not doing the oh, collector's edition. Oh, it's a wind-up Fran minion. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's Big not going to – do it for her? Okay. Uh-uh. Not enough. Just not enough. She does love Final Fantasy twelve though. Uh, so, yeah. That's uh, that's pretty much it. I'm, uh, you know... Well, the only other thing I'm thinking... Of, like, I'm just drawing at straws here. I was looking at um, uh, a buddy of ours, uh, Yurt. I think a lot of people know Yurt on Twitter. Uh, he was tweeting out the old job video 
for uh, Stormblood, and that was released like May 22nd, and he was talking about how hype was it when we saw Paladin with the wings and all that, the different abilities, mm, yeah. and it just made me think, hey, we will probably get a similar video sometime in May. After we get through Tokyo Fan Fest and they show us Dancer, um, and then everybody's disappointed that there's only two new jobs, and then they show us... Um, the uh, the the not male Vieira and everybody gets over that salt. Um, they're gonna have to have a job video, and uh, it'll probably be May because they did talk about there's going to be a time that we uh, get the the job changes, and I do think they said sometime around May. So I'm looking forward to that too. We'll get that job video. Um, there's still a lot of hype to be had, and as we get closer to the end of March. We're getting closer to Tokyo Fan Fest, and we're going to get closer to the next patch, which will have more story in it. Um, and then we're going to get into what what would be the vast wasteland. So we'll see. I guess this time we do have a little more. Con- it's not. It's not uh, necessarily the diadem. Uh, people are still enjoying uh, Baldizian Arsenal, but we'll have some things to say about that as well today. So. There you go. So, Yelta, what did you do this past week? Um, I did more mount farming. I'm still trying to get all my doggos. I, I'm usually, I feel like I usually farm dogs faster than this, but I, uh, I also usually well. have, well, but I also usually like, usually you and Sina are mount farming and usually Kohedi is mount farming and but usually there's more of us online who are mount farming and have that mm-hmm. in who want to do it. I've been doing all of this in pugs. So I, wow. actually, instead of judging myself on getting my mounts really slowly, I should really be patting myself on the back for making myself go join pugs because that's not easy for me. I, I don't, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I, I used to just basically refuse to do content unless I got, you know, my full party is is my people you know but but anyway i did get the legendary the fife so that's uh shinryu's congrats that was good um and i i think i went into a uh snake boy party but they couldn't even clear it so Ooh. I just gave up on that. But it, it had, oh, I should have joined that because yeah. I haven't cleared it yet. <laughs> well, there was enough. There was enough of it to remember how the fight goes. But the one I'm really scared of is Suzaku because I suck at Simon Says. I can mm-hmm. even know where to be, and I can get there, and I'm still dead. So I just had. I'm just gonna have to suck it up one of these days and go. But get get the best gear I can. Just like because even now I like I can take hits. I think that used to kill me. So eat good food and take some good gear. But maybe I'll get a party that won't lose their fucking mind if I, you know, get blown up. But uh you did I did get that doggo. I think I just have just two more then and then I can get my final mount. So yay, I'm excited. I, I want to do that. That's, you know, a goal I have. But uh I was also, you know, been working. I've been in I've been back in Pagos. Not mm-hmm. not 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 Pyros, not Hydros. I'm what brought you back to hell? Because I, I finished my white mage weapon without stats. So mm. then I decided I'm not going to use it for best in slot anyway, so I'm going to work on my black mage weapon. And I, that one 
was stuck on light farming in Pagos. So I have to light so, farm in Pagos. So help a noob out. Mm-hmm. When you finish a weapon and you say you finish it without stats, what do you mean? Like you can keep re-rolling until you're happy with it? Are you yeah, actually I, done? I haven't done it. Right now I have a weapon that just has t- two stats. It has no substats. Uh-huh. Or I think it has – yeah, it has no substats at all. But so, you're considered complete at that point. You're, yeah, I think I'm done. The story's done. That weapon is considered done. You actually have to go back to Pagos, I think. And I've never rolled stats, so I, I've never done it. But it's mm-hmm. my understanding there's like five lines and you, you know, farm a bunch and then you like blow your wad on lines and then you don't get the substats you want anyway. And I don't know. I don't really know how it works. I, I may, anyway, if I get bored enough, I might go back and try to put some stats on the white mage weapon, but I, I got the glamour, dyed it purple. I think I'm good. But, uh, I, now I'm thinking maybe I'll, I'll want a bl- the black mage one too. So mm. that's, you know, I think I can handle doing that. And there's still some stuff I don't have. There's, there's still mounts I don't have. There's still minions I don't have. Oh, I just got one of the minions too. One of the little Lalafels or something. I can't remember. And Did you, you know, sell it? No, no, hell no. Oh, okay. What do I need gill for? I mean... <laughs> oh, that's right. Gill's worthless. I, there's nothing to spend it on. Um, I mean, I could spend it on the mounts and stuff I don't have. But, you know, there's there's emotes I don't have. I think there's... Is there a hairstyle in there? I can't remember. I can't remember. There's there's other stuff in there. Which reminds me, there's other stuff on Heaven on High I don't have. I could go get. But, so there's still stuff to do. Um... But yeah, I'm, I'm, but I keep joining these light parties and whether or not they're like forge parties or dragon parties or whatever, I'll join a a forge party. I'll run all the way there. And just as I arrive, someone's like, I've got 20 minutes. I'm like, okay. So we fight for a while and he leaves and we get a replacement. We can't even finish full 30 chains because people are leaving. And it's like, oh my God, if it's a farm, you have to, these people don't, you have to like, be like, I, if I'm going to farm, that means I'm expecting to stay for two hours. Instant gratification, Yalta. I don't know. It has to come to me immediately <laughs> just, or I'm out. They're just like, nope, bye. And then there was a – somebody didn't know about, you know, the forge. Somebody was, like, willing to just give up. Oh, uh, the forge location's taken. I guess we don't get to get any light. And it's like, no. What did you do, dragons? Dragons. I mean, yeah. it's, it's – not you know, and none of this is like super duper intriguing or enjoyable. But honestly, usually you can have some time and chat or or whatever. But I don't know. It's it's just kind of irritating. You get a party, and you can't like even get the people to commit to you know. Of course, it's like anything else. Mount farms, you know, join that clear once and they disband. What? Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't get their mount, so it was unsuccessful. <laughs> Oh, man. So anyway, um, I did, well, last night I did lots of, well, we didn't even do lots of, we did like seven treasure maps, but uh, we, the first one was somebody wasn't even level, they weren't level 70 yet, so they couldn't come for the other maps, but they had a dragon skin on them. So it was just with Brock and Kara and on a bunch of the, uh, a bunch of the um, cross world link shell Big chocobo nights <laughs> across like shell, and uh, we we hopped in there. We did that. We we went in this person's first map ever, dragon skin map. Popped a portal. We hop in, and we went all the way to the end. Just it's awesome. Just all the way. 
and like almost every door opened instantly. We had one like disco floor. That was it. It was, it was just like straight to the end. So, uh, that was, that was fun for them. And I think somebody else in the group hadn't really done maps much either. Cause then we went on, that person had to drop cause they didn't have any 70 jobs, but we, we, we did some, uh, uh, what gazelle skin maps and we fought a bunch of stuff. You know, we got lots of, uh, we got all the way to the final invocation on the, uh, was that one hidden canals? Is it? Hmm. So we got all the way through that. I still haven't seen the silver one. I haven't seen the elephant yet. I don't know how many times I've done maps, but I never get to see that. Uh, we did not make it all the way to the bottom on any of the other maps. But that's, I mean, we had already, basically the first two maps we popped were just like, we went all the way. So, and one of the persons was new and it was kind of funny because we went all the way to the final invocation. So they hadn't even seen Atmos yet and getting kicked out. So we did get to see that later. But, uh, you know, people were like, you know, we've got like gold whiskers falling from the sky and, and the little fish guys and we're like killing all the extra stuff. And we did fail on the Mandragoras. People, too many people were new and actually we were a small party to begin with. So uh, we did not get all the Mandragoras down and they escaped. Aww. But, you know, can't have everything, I guess. But no, it was fun. And people were just like, wow, so much gill. Because, like, every time you, like, kill something, you get gill. And I'm like, yeah, see? You know, I don't even know. I don't think I got any big ticket items for selling. But I, I did make quite a bit of gill. Just just natively, like, half a million. Just just by being there. So, treasure maps are fun. And they're very fun to go with the, uh, the link shell because we were all sitting in chat and just having fun and hanging out. I also did the seasonal event. I ha- I, t- I, t- I kept records, Ruby. I did it 16 times before I saw all the endings. Okay. And I like the I like got the first two were the same, and then I saw a different one, and then I saw a different one, and then I saw a repeat of that different one, and then I saw a repeat, and then I saw a new one, and then I saw a new one, I saw a repeat, new one, repeat, 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 repeat. And then finally the last one. So I only had to do it. I, I think I wrote them all down when I did them. Which one was your last one? Do you remember? Songbirds. And do you know how okay. I, so I didn't Google or anything. So I'm not even a hundred percent sure the seven is all of them, but do you know how, how I, I guessed and kept running. It was the quest when it pops up as a picture of everybody, all the people hmm. you meet in that little instance are all in that picture. I, I never looked. Oh no! Yeah, that's I, I'm like I'm like oh, serendipity's in this picture. She must be one of them. Yeah, yeah. Who'd you pick? Who's your favorite songbird? Oh, I don't remember now. I think the Aura. I picked Ula lot because I I never pick her. <laughs> I think the first year I picked uh, what's her face's sister, the blue one, and then la- the last songbirds thing I picked the yellow one. So it's like, oh, I'll pick the red one this time. Of course, <laughs> she's a bitch, but you know, she's whatever. kind of a narcissistic bitch, isn't she? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Oh, and then since we did receive a cat, sorry, a tiny kitten's distracting me because he's biting my leg. Um, <laughs> oh man. Okay. So what did I do then? Oh, so we did get our, uh, Aetherite earrings. If you pre-ordered, you've already received those. Yep. So those are really cool. Did you get yours? 
Yes. Have you popped them on a, a job yet and seen what they do? I, see, I have jobs to level, but no, I was okay. doing Astrologian instead. I know you were leveling jobs. Yeah, I leveled Samurai a little bit. I still don't know what all my buttons do. but uh, Neither I, do most Samurais, yeah, so apparently, don't worry about it. You know, I've, I, can, I can figure out the combinations to get the three little things to light up, and then I can do the thing when you – yeah. And I know which buttons are AoEs, so I'm mostly – Stack skill speed. That's all I know. <laughs> I'm only like level – 54 or something. But, uh, so I love Samurai. The earring's cool. The earring actually gets like stats on it and they're adjusted based on your level. I so, did equip it to see what the stats looked like and it gives you the, the primary and the secondary stat. Yeah. Well, I thought that was really nice. I, I'm actually pretty excited by that. I don't know how, I wouldn't want every piece of gear to do that because I do like getting new gear and stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't think it makes sense. For every piece of gear to do that, but I could see like if one like if one piece of gear every expansion did that, or you know maybe another expansion they give us like a reusable platter of food or something. I don't know. And I like it for the accessories because there's only shit accessories Mm -hmm. out there. I mean, who's my last job when I was leveling blue and maybe even prior to that, whatever I was leveling. It's like the weathered gear, unless you want to go buy accessories, and then you kind of hit a threshold where you're starting to pick up accessories from some of the upper-level dungeons. But it's mm-hmm. like – it seems like accessories are the ones that you have a hard time. I can drop poetics on a bunch of stuff, uh, but accessories tend to be the ones that like – for me personally. Mm-hmm. Well, t- and especially early on, accessories lag behind. You oh, know, yeah. You know, uh, what was our first ex- – was, was it we have an Aetherite ring – and then that's, but that's only 30 below. And then we have some headpieces, but those are like 25 or something and below. Then we've got the Alamegan earrings, but those are only. Well, they're trash now. Yeah. Cause they're only, are they only 50 and below? Up to 50. I've already yeah. seen the memes where you just throw them in the garbage because it's yeah. just ridiculous. Also, there's a bug. I, they may have patched it by now, but the Aetherite earrings can be discarded. So be very careful oh, with Christ. that. Oh, Christ. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, those those are those are in my armory chest right now, and are, they're equipped on my four melee DPS classes. So watch out; you may be seeing me in a dungeon near you, probably performing abysmally. But I really want to get everything to seventy. So, um, well, and then I was inspired. We did a PvP day a couple weeks ago or more on a Monday, and I actually have gone in and done a couple of PvP daily roulettes just for lulls there's there's stuff i want and uh so far i haven't hated it but you know since you're doing the roulette it feels reasonably quickly because Mm -hmm. there's only one it's trying to pick so all right and then in the real world i actually left i put on pants and you know and i brushed my hair and i went and met humans in the real world so, uh, past Friday, I met up with Klaus from Phoenix Sound Radio and a few other lovely people met before. And, uh, we went to the Rock Bottom Brewery and had us a nice dinner. This is in Minneapolis. And then we walked across the street to the Distant Worlds concert. And that was, as always, really, really good. And then, uh, good thing too that Ulf had thought ahead and gotten a hotel room. Usually, if it's in Minneapolis, we just drive home. He had gotten a hotel room, so that was good because the, tr- the the weather was awful. The streets were covered in snow, and it was a slushy mess, and it was awful. But I had a super good time seeing everybody. Oh, and then the next day, we actually met up again, all of us, and went to lunch. So 
It was a, it was a fantastic time. Now the distant worlds concert was really good, but you know, this time, no, no Susan, there were, there were no, no, no answers. They did play Mm. a heaven's word compilation or what do they call that? When you have lots of bits from different songs, but Uh, um, like an arrangement. Yeah. Medley. medley. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, they did do a heaven's word medley and that was really, really cool. That was fun. Klaus had never been to, this is my third distant worlds concert. So, um, you know, I had, you know, been there, done that kind of thing, but it's still amazing. Even if you've, you know, done it a few times, he had never before seen it. So at, uh, at intermission and then afterwards he was like, wow. <laughs> and it always seems too short, right? Cause there's mm-hmm. so much music though. Um, there's so much final fantasy music and they only have so long to play for you that night. Can't see, you know, can't hear it all. And then, of course, they got the big screen up. So, like, and I, I know, I know a lot of Final Fantasy music, and I've played a bit of every Final Fantasy game, I think. And but I don't necessarily remember. I mean, this is we're talking thirty years of Final Fantasy, right? Right. So I can't always remember. I I know that song, but I can't always remember. Who I know the all is. Yelta. I know come you on. do, but come on, I have other stuff in my brain. Um, <laughs> she just called me dumb, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You no, heard it here. No, I was going to say I have like useless Doctor Who facts probably filling that section mm. of my brain. That's good though. <laughs> it's not bad. But uh, no, uh, so it's kind of nice like they'll play like somebody's theme and then they'll actually show the character in some cutscenes or some gameplay video or whatever. And it always tickles me They're when like, they play. Oh, that's Rydia. Yeah. Oh, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I remember that. And it just always makes me want to go back and play my catalog of Final Fantasy games. But I can't because I'm playing near right now and crying my fucking eyes out. Oh God, I got to get started. You on need that. to. Tr- oh my God, and it doesn't take very long to get in into the very beginning of the game. It it did. It took me like less than I don't know, less than two hours to be like, oh. But there's like 400 endings. Uh, well, and I. Right? Well, and the problem is I lost the thread of the quest and I couldn't figure out what I was supposed to do next, and I had to Google it. It turns out a lot of people have complained about this. So I only, like, this weekend finished the first bit of the story. I have like, 77 mm. hours, and I just now kind of finished the first of the seven parts or something. Wow. So I'm I'm in the second part now, and it's kind of weird because you're kind of, like, replaying stuff that you already did, but from a different character's perspective. But – and I said it on super easy, guys. I am not – I'm not really interested in that kind of battle system. I am very, very bad at it. So I kind of appreciate that for morons like me with no reflexes, um, that I can just set it on easy and it kind of just fights the fight for me. (laughs) I'm not really going into this looking for a challenge. I really just wanted to play through it, see what the universe was, see what the characters are like, you know, get some idea of what... Or how they might, you know, some information. I don't want it to be like the monastery where at the end, I don't know why the, f- what the fuck is going on. Because mm-hmm. there's lore that to understand what the fuck is going on, you had to have played the other games. Well, there ain't no easy mode to tactics, unfortunately. Yeah, so, so I've just, you know, whatever. I'll play near. I, I'm really enjoying it though. I'm enjoying the story. I have to, I might have to go replay it actually because there have been a couple nights where I was playing so long. And I was drinking, and I don't really remember what happened. So <laughs> I may have to play through some of it again. That happens. That happens, yeah. Sometimes on this podcast. Sometimes I <laughs> get blackout drunk. Yeah. 
Well, if I didn't download Wargroove, I might have started on that. So I've been playing mm. the hell out of Wargroove. What, no, which what, Wargroove is. It's on the Switch. It's a uh, it's a strategy RPG, top down, oh, okay. move yeah, your yeah, units, attack. Right. Yeah, it's fun. All right, then I think we have our monthly patrons. Yes, I'm going to read the patrons for this month, the month of March. I uh, want to give a shout-out to Wade, Kevin Hughes, Truzian, Eddie, Zach, and Varya. Thank you so much for your donations, for being a patron. Uh, we're meeting all of our goals currently, so thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, being a part of this. And we encourage any of those that are on the journey with us to uh, – become a patron we do have a discord channel as one of the benefits for the five dollar tier so uh if you donate five dollars or more per month uh, you can join us on the discord we've got a few people in there we're trying to chat and something that we're trying to do with that discord since we've launched it is just get everybody involved in the conversation so things that we're going to talk about on the upcoming episodes uh throw that in there and let a discussion take place and use your ideas uh to kind of fuel us in the next episode so uh be there or be square folks but thank you so much for uh for being a part of our journey thank you thank you i was stunned ruby when you're like oh we're meeting our goal and i'm like no way yes way yes Ted. Way. <laughs> awesome thank you thank you everyone all right you can shoot the shit with us on our website www.gtffxiv.com let us know what you've been up to or whether we left the music off of the bumpers. You know, we do that on purpose just to see if anybody's listening. Apparently, we only have one listener. So come on. We put <laughs> Easter eggs in these in these things to find out who's really listening. All right. The first round is the news. First one's announcement. Announcing the Flowers for All screenshot contest. This just came up. I haven't read it yet. But apparently... From Monday, March 4th through Friday, March 15th, there is a screenshot contest. Get ready for the season by capturing a screenshot of your character solo or with a group of friends celebrating the coming of spring. Boy, I'm not sure. I just, sorry, I just got a flash of like not safe for work sort of. I've already themes. seen a thread on the oh. shitpost XIV with this picture on there. So it's, ar- it's already begun, <laughs> Yelta. It just won't be, just won't be on the official I won't, I won't be entering that. So sort of pagan rights. <laughs> Entering, you say. <gasps> okay. So, yes. So, to enter, you do a screenshot of your character. Or you have to put your character's name and world. There is a submission page that... Look, is that on the official forums? Oh, no. It's actually a, it's a, it's an actual page. I don't know. I never do those things. And I should because I, I don't have that gallic. Well, the last contest, I don't even think enough people entered to to fill in all the slots, so it would be a good idea to enter this contest. Now, can I divert just a little mm-hmm. bit? I would like during whatever the next Q&A, whenever the next Fan Fest is or whenever the next chance – You're going uh, to bitch about the prizes. I'm going to bitch about the prizes. Can somebody ask Yoshida to update this shit? For Christ's sake, can we stop talking about eggy glamours? And, you know, I'll even suspend the taco conversation for somebody to ask Yoshida, when the fuck are you going to update the prizes for these contests? And when the fuck are you going to update the platinum packs for the triple triad stuff? So, okay. There you go. Rant (laughs) over. You know, yeah, I just, well, even, they could honestly even reskin some of the stuff and I'd probably be happy. Nobody know the damn difference. Yeah. Put a tomato. Put the fucking King Tomato where the Magigora Choker is or whatever. You could change that. 
All right. I'm sure there's rules, but if you want to enter this, go read them yourself. Um, there's going to be 30 winners. So, you know, I, that's actually being of 30 is probably not that hard. So go enter that if you, if you want. I'll forget. Do you like your flower crown as a gift for, or your prize for It dies ugly. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I was going to cover that later, but. Oh, okay. It dies ugly, and why is the men and women's different? Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers pre-order items are available, as we said. Uh, it is the lovely Aetherite Earring, which I am a super-duper fan of, and the, was it, Baby Gremlin? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what it is. Baby Gremlin... So now what's, what's confusing is the site, when you go to it, just shows you the earring. It doesn't seem, doesn't show you the gremlin. So people were confused. Do you get the gremlin now? And the answer is yes, I have it. I'm rocking the gremlin right now. It's so cute. It's huge. It's like almost as tall as my Lala fell, by the way. You also have to jump through that hoop where when you pre-order, you click the button that takes you to a page that you enter a code to get another code to go back to the MOG station mm-hmm. and enter your code to get the thing. So we've already had friends in the Discord, our personal Discord, like, what? So read the instructions carefully, but you've got to do a couple of steps before you, you finish up. And you still can get it because – Obviously, your boy Ruby got it, and this was after it came out. I did it like a day ago or two, mm-hmm. and that was after it launched. So you can do it today whenever it's you're listening to this pre-order. podcast. It's still, it's still a, pre-order. a pre-order. So, yeah, you have not missed the boat on this. All right, letter from the producer live, part 50 at the Tokyo Fan Festival. I'm hype. Well, I'm actually more hype about the opening one, but... The live letter I'm excited for, too. Uh, that's March 23rd. I knew there was a reason I wouldn't trade days with that guy. No. <laughs> Somebody wanted <laughs> to trade uh, a day. And I'm like, I think I'm busy. So this, you uh, are. Yeah. It's at 6 p.m. PDT. Starting time subject to change. And they're going to have it on the Twitch channel. That's Japanese language. The official Square Enix Twitch channel. Oh, there's two. But, mm-hmm. Okay, so, okay, gotcha. Official Final Fantasy XIV Twitch channel will be Japanese. The official Square Enix trailer Twitch channel will be English. So, mm-hmm. all right, they're going to have special guests, a special guest, Banri Oda, the world lore creator and main scenario writer. He's the big boss of lore. He's, he's, uh, he's the, oh, yeah, that's he's the one Koji Fox talks about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can submit questions ahead of time in the designated thread. It's on the official forums. Zexos has posted the first post here to talk about how to submit your questions and that if someone has the same question you had, just hit like. Don't, don't, uh, don't, don't double post things. So, Mm -hmm. and these are questions for the world lore creator and main scenario writer. So don't ask about, you know, job balancing or why housing sucks. That's not the place for this. Nope. Nope. All right. That. Uh, one other thing I want to mention just because this came up in our own personal Discord recently and talking about official Square Enix Twitch channels. There have been some fake Twitch channels floating about recently. 
the one I saw most recent was uh, Final Underscore Fantasy XIV. And when you get there, they're claiming, hey, double XP mm-hmm. and other benefits. But then there's a link that they put at the bottom, like click here to get your prizes. And I didn't click there, but I've heard when you click there, it asks you to change your password. These are phishing attempts, everybody. So we would hope that most of our listeners are smart enough to understand what a phishing attempt is. But if you – that sounded terrible, Ruby. Re- <laughs> rephrase that. Are we Listen. not doing phrasing anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, dumbasses. Don't give your password to anybody. Uh, no, what I what I mean is if it's not the official thing – don't buy into it. Don't follow the links. Don't do anything there. There's no double XP. There's none of that stuff going on. People want to steal your account. Don't let that happen. Uh, you're going to end up being somebody's bot bitch uh, selling Gil. Your character's gone. <laughs> They'll steal your Final Fantasy you, character. Have you seen all the – Oh, you, you, so I was on the official forums, and there have been a lot of PS4 players that are reporting their characters are gone. Like deleted. What? Yeah, I should go find it. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know what's going on, or it might have been one person double posting, but I, apparently there is an avenue for getting your character restored. I don't, I've never had to do it, thank Christ. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I don't know if it's people falling for these these phishing attempts or what. That's terrible. So be protect yourself out there. Get it and get a dual authenticator token. Yes. Because mm-hmm. even if you give your password away, it still should be hard then for anyone else to fuck with you. Agreed. All right. And another reason for great drama and fear and whatnot is the NA EU data center expansion. We're getting, what are we getting? New data centers. <laughs> and they're splitting up our old data centers. And it's scary. So European servers is getting a new data center named Light, and they are doing this April second. They have a list of the current EU sent. This is all on the uh, official forum or the Lodestone. So they got a list of the current EU data center, and then they have what it's going to look like after they add Light. And then North American, they're going to get a new data center called Crystal. And then they're taking Aether at Primal. Chopping them up and adding some of those to Crystal. So this is, well, this is affecting us. We're losing people who could join us or used to raid with us, still could join us for things in the data center, but their world is going to Crystal. Mm-hmm. So uh, we are going to, they're going to accommodate us. We've talked about this a little bit before. So uh, for a period of approximately two weeks following the implementation of the new data centers, all the characters on affected data centers will be able to transfer worlds at no cost. And they're going to make a lot of accommodations. Like you're going to be able to carry a lot more gill with you. You're going to get your full estate cost returned to you and 3 million gill to compensate for lost furnishings. If you have an apartment, you're going to get the full purchase price of half a million gill and you're going to get an extra half a million gill to compensate, you know, Let's see. Additionally, all active accounts with game time remaining in regions that experience a maintenance period longer than 24 hours will have their remaining game time extended by one day. Okay. Yeah. So that's good. That's they've kind of started like like I was actually really happy when they 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 have uh, given us extended times before, and then the Valentine's Day event when that 
was borked up by maintenance, they extended that for longer than the maintenance. So they're, I think they're kind of getting it that if, if they're going to keep the servers down for a really long time, an unusually long time, they have to, you know, probably cost them almost nothing, right? Bump their, everybody's subscription out a day. Mm-hmm. So the EU availability, let's see, Tuesday, April 2nd to Monday, April 15th, that's theirs. And North America, April 23rd to Monday, May 6th. So that's what that is. Oh, okay. I missed this earlier. So so the European Data Center, theirs is happening April 2nd. North America, ours is happening April 23rd. Don't take that day off, guys. Oh, no, <laughs> you I did. You get to play. I hope you have something to do. Uh, they, they have some caveats. Uh, transfers to con- congested worlds is still going to be unavailable. You're still going to be able to transfer to a preferred world. You're going to usually, you're going to get, there's bonuses for that. Um, players transferring to standard worlds will not be able to transfer again for three days. Uh, people transferring to preferred worlds will, as always, be unable to transfer again for 90 days. They don't want you to, like, transfer to a preferred world, get the benefits, and then hop back off again. So... That is happening. Very cool. I mean, I don't really understand the fear behind it other than I guess if you're one of those worlds that's being moved, I think those perks are pretty damn good. And the fact that they put that they'll give us some playtime back because I can already hear the forums going, what the fuck about my lost playtime? 80 Um, cents. 80 cents gone. Oh, my God. Um so I think they covered all the bases with that. I just hope that it goes smooth. Uh, there's no weird crashes yeah. or anything that happen after that. That's going to be the uh, the real test, in my opinion. All our characters get with get where they're supposed to be with all of their stuff. People are already trans. People are paying for transfers right now. There's a lot of people transferring all over the place. There's people who are bailing over to like. One of the ones that are going to be stay on the Aether because they figure that's going to be where the raiding, they figure that's going to be the raiding data cluster mm. and us on Primal. And there's people like fearmongering that, you know, you won't be able to fill a party finder and you won't be able to fill anything. You know, there's some people like losing their mind apparently because we're not on Gilgamesh or on a data center with Gilgamesh anymore. We mm. won't be able to do anything. Well, we never were, but not us on Excalibur. And then there's people being assholes about how Crystal is the, you know, ERP dumping grounds and that's the slums or whatever. There's people just being real jerks about the whole thing. It's, I don't know. They have to do something. And I know for this period of discomfort, confusion, and chaos, it should, the game is still growing. I think that's what people forget. People scream, I can't make a character on the server my friends are on. But then you can't also scream, oh my god, they're splitting up data centers and adding more servers. There's only there's only so much room in a bucket. You can't just keep filling it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a kind of a necessary evil. Evil's not even the right word, but... Well, you know, and things are going to settle down. You know, they're they're adding the world visit system. So, yeah, we'll we'll be split up into three data centers, but we're going to be able to freely visit any server in our data center. 
You know, we're going to be able to buy stuff off their market boards. Some people are freaking out about that too, but honestly, I think a, you know, a rebalancing of the market boards is going to happen. It should be good. I don't know. I hope. I hope it'll be good. I'm not an econo- economist, so. Well, we'll cover it here if it's not. <laughs> Drama alert. Drama. Pre- pre-alert. Be, be, be alert. All right, be alert that this fucking fat cat is adorable. So we do have new optional items available. Uh, we have the 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 fatter cat, an account wide mount for twenty four USD. Again, that's very expensive. At least it's account wide. But I was kind of laughing at myself because I'm like, I always say, well, at least it's account wide. But I only play one character anyway. Hmm. So, and then we have the authentic Far Eastern doll display. The emotes from the was it last year's Little Lady's Day. Yeah. And the Siren Song Orchestrion Roll. What was that's that? That's a 1.0 song. It... That's that's yeah, yeah, that's a 1.0 song from uh I think if you have the original 1.0 soundtrack, it's one of the first few songs on the mm, soundtrack. Okay. It's uh, a little ditty or whatever. But it, these are yeah, again, the the stuff from last year, which is pretty cool. I've been asked I've used these emotes, and mm-hmm. people have asked me, where do you get that emote? I'm like, mm, you missed it. Well, yeah. now you can buy now it. Now you can buy it. They're very in-your-face emotes. I actually – I I have a small house in the lavender beds, and pretty much I, – I, ha- I do have one of these Far Eastern doll displays, and uh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, we have it in our personal house. Yeah. 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 It's dyeable. It is. I haven't tried dyeing my – they need to give us the way to preview dyes on furniture. Because you can't. You cannot preview the dye on furniture. You just have to dye it. And that's annoying to me. I've seen a lot about this fetter. I, I'm i not big into buying the mounts typically. It has to be something just it has to tickle my asshole in a special way. And the fatter cat just, just didn't do it for me, at least not yet. Maybe when there's a sale. I do like these mounts that they put the little padding on the top because well, uh, yeah. I like this, this plaid pattern that's mm-hmm. on the top of it uh they did that with the whale and i like the way that the, the whale looks Christ, there's table. a table and wine glasses on the whale it's awesome <laughs> so i'm liking the detail that they put the one that that what really got me with this mount even though i didn't buy it was the description that it's like the necromance oh my dead God. you know it's been like from the either it was been brought from the void or it's, it's possessed by sense. a demon <laughs> holy shit yeah dark wow it's adorable. I've seen it in game. I've almost gone to the Mog Station and bought it like four times. It's it's kind of that borderline though between completely fucking ridiculous, and I hate it, and oh my god, it's so ridiculous. I love it. I'm I'm really stu- I'm really stuck on this one. I a lot of people said take my money, Yoshida. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm I've, I've almost bought it about four times. Let me have some more rum, and I probably will. I mean, look at the fucking pink bows on its legs. And it makes a meow sound when you mount it. <laughs> so do most Miko <laughs> All right, next topic. Little Ladies Day is here. We've talked about it a little bit already. If you haven't started it yet, it is called Princess of Flowers. It's in Ulda. You have from now through March 13th to do it, so you don't don't get on it. It's not a very long quest. The the initial mm-hmm. quest itself. Well, somebody said it sucked. 
I was in a voice chat yesterday and people were like, it sucked. And I'm like, well, it was short and there wasn't much to it. But actually, I kind of thought it was kind of a sweet little... It wasn't very involved. It wasn't a very involved season. The Rogadin were sweet. They were my favorite. That made me tear up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that that was... Uh, that was, that was kind of you know I was I was kind of surprised honestly that you know it was it was a cute story. So there's a little storyline, and then we have, of course have the event items. We talked about them briefly. The uh, uh, the item that you get for your character is the flower crown. It's just a uh, just a dyeable daisy chain. But uh, I don't know. The men's dyes prettier than the women. So if you look at this picture, there's yellow daisies and pink daisies and then the men's has yellow daisies and white daisies oh, and the men's okay. also has more um leaves uh-huh and it's almost roman yeah, yeah so the but the men's one from what i've read dies much prettier i try i tried many dyes to get mine to look good but ugh. so i was going to do the the dye thing and i looked because i was wearing an outfit i was wearing the um the original outfit it's the Sinistol, Shenistol, whatever the hell the name is. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, I was wearing that gear because I always put on a different outfit depending on the the event, the holiday, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm wearing it and it's undyed. It's white and black for the most part with a little bit of gold trim. And I'm like, well, what does black dye look on this ground? Well, dye's the yellow flower, which doesn't look terrible. It's kind of eh, but it doesn't look terrible because at least it's black, white, black, white. Mm-hmm. But now I'm looking at the female. Mm-hmm. You're, the you don't have white. dyes and we have to try to make something that goes with that weird – because it's not even a pretty red. That it's red pink, pink, in my opinion, it's 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 not even a pretty one's pink. Yeah, it's 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 ugly. It dies ugly. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, and then of course the other uh, that you have two other items that are tabletop, so you have to have, you know, a house, and they're cute. Festive sushi balls looks like a little doll's display, which is cute, and the other one is a festive. I don't even know how to say that. And then, of course, uh, from doing the repeatable quest, you get Magic Prism Daisies, which my husband has 800 of. (laughs) I only have 70. Uh, I don't even mind that, you know, it doesn't have a ton of rewards. Not everything's going to be a mount and a full outfit and whatever, but I feel like I, I may have to go back and see what kind of rewards we've gotten from different events through the years. And We've gotten some good ones from like last year's. I thought were good. The emotes are pretty amazing, and then when we get full outfits, that's not too bad. So for this one to be a dud, I mean, it kind of probably evens out overall for mm-hmm. all the other little ladies' day events. Um, and then of course we are going into Shadowbringers. I know that shouldn't be much of an excuse, but at the same time, it's like, well, put all your resources into Shadowbringers. I don't really care for major events. What do we got <laughs> next? We got uh, Easter. Yep, there'll be an Easter. And then what? It'll be well, the, the Golden su- well, Week? The, oh, yeah. When that's, for, for, well, and they, that's they did May. A, see, and they did a night. The first year they did that, it was actually a cool. I remember the first year I liked because it was like a mystery theater kind of mm-hmm. thing. Not and Mystery Science Theater. Not Mystery but... Science That's something else entirely. Mm-hmm. Fan clubs and Hopkins. Um, but, you know, but I think like the second year... I mean, and yes, they're not going to do – how many seasonal events do we get? 
Are there like eight? Eight million seasonal there's events. A, I mean, there's a lot of game. they do a lot of seasonal events. It's almost one per month. Yeah, and I don't really mind because you know, especially when they like they add, like for Valentine's Day, it was the same active event with a different story, and I didn't mind that. There, you know, that didn't bother me at all. And this was more like a little bit of a story and then a repeatable thing. And actually, mm-hmm. some people hated the repeatable thing. And I'm like, some people hated the story. But I'm like, sorry, like New Year's, I do a tiny bit of talking to a guy and I go out and do the mochi fate and come back and I'm done. I mean. New Year's was lame. Yeah. So. New Year's well, was lame. But I keep thinking of, do you remember in one point something, the hor- year of the horse? Yeah. Yeah. That shit was disturbing and long, and I really enjoyed the fuck out of it. I, I should glamour like something. Disturbing oh, and long. Yeah. I, I, I need to glamour something with that horse head just because. I don't know. But anyway. Yeah. I. It's all right. I, I think it was fine for a smaller event. Maybe they have to decide how many a year should be big or small. I'm just wor- Part of me. People are going to hate this. Part of me, deep in my heart, is a little bit scared that they spend more time putting stuff on the fucking mog station instead of designing, like, a nice new dress or something for us here. Where did I read? I think I think I get most of my news now from Shit Post XIV. I love Shit Post XIV. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. At least they'll tell it like it is for some stuff. Like, you have to dig through some of the bullshit and the, and the you know, tongue-in-cheek and the whatever. But... Uh, some of the stupid racist comments as well. But the but a lot of the information, though, at least at face value, is true. And I saw a post about uh, declining numbers, not in subs, but in um money that was coming in. And I, I don't remember what the actual value was, but it was year over year. Like Square Enix, it wasn't making as much profit as it was the year prior, and it may have been just from the MMO division or something else. So. It makes sense that there may be more Mog Station items, higher value items uh, for sale to make up for some lost revenue. Uh, it, at the end of the day, anything in the Mog Station is going to be a cash grab. I mean, that's just what it is. You're you're buying an item on a game you're already you already paid for. In fact, this is I love this game, so don't get me wrong. But you bought a game that you pay a subscription for. That you also buy optional items for. I mean, you're shoveling money at Square Enix. Yoshida is swimming like Scrooge McDuck <laughs> in this cash. Yeah. He's spitting out diamonds and, and jewels and gold coins from his mouth, saying, "We don't have enough resources to do this well, for you." W- would you rather that, or would you rather pay a dollar more a month for your sub? Honestly, I think I'd rather pay a dollar more a month of my sub. Possibly, right? yes. Now I, I, I am legacy like you, so yeah. You know, so we we're paying. Pay, we don't pay nothing. shit. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I half of me understands the stuff that comes over from the Chinese servers, right? That was stuff designed uh, out of network or <laughs> whatever, right? So I, I think they pay to get i don't know that's always the excuse i've heard was well that was a chinese exclusive item so we have to pay to get it honestly last night so last night i was doing a map party and we were talking about each we a bunch of us had summoned our chocobos and uh people were that's not a sexual euphemism or anything oh baby you missed that map party just um (laughs) 
That's okay. If you'd been there, we wouldn't have been as lucky, right? <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have got lucky. Your name came up a few times, especially because we got all the way to the bottom floor on the first two things we did. We're like, haha, Ruby's not here, so we'll have a good map party. Fuck you guys very much. Thank you. <laughs> it was said with love. Okay. Uh, but, uh, no, so we all had our chocobos out and somebody had like the chocobo raincoat and people were like, oh, wow, where do you get that? And honestly, it was kind of a refreshing feeling of people actually chatting in the game while doing stuff. It, it felt a little bit old school, actually. Um, you know, so then I was like looking through what I'm like, man, I wonder if I have any old bardings. No one knows what it is. And I put on the, uh. It was one of the uh, Easter bardings. And someone was like, oh, my God, where do you get that? And I'm like, that's a funny story. I'm like, okay, first of all, not where I got it. It's not that funny. But uh, so it was from an in-game event. Uh, I'm sure you can buy it off the Mog Station now. I said, the funny thing is, is I still have on a different character the barding sitting there in her inventory because up until that event, you could, after a period of time, resell event items that you farmed up. I made a lot of my gill repeating events and some of those were not sure that some of those were like many hours of farming to get, you know, the stuff that you could resell. So I had, you know, previously I had sold bardings and songs and I don't know, glamour items later. So you like, like the cherry trees, farm up a whole bunch of cherry trees and then like wait six months and then you could sell them and you'd make a fuck ton of money. Well, it was the year of that Easter event where you got the chocobo barding. I hung I farmed up extras because I was going to sell them as I usually do. They never went sellable. So I still have one on a character that I can't use or won't use just kind of as a reminder that that was the day SU just realized they could sell their shit next year on the Mog Station. And I'm still bitter. Mm. Not that there's well, anything they, to spend gill on anyway. No, but, the, you know, there's a lot of items that are, like, in Eureka that nobody cares. Like, the, there's a barding in there. There's some items in there. Or, like, um, what is it, the Dinosaur Mountain, things like that. It's like... At some point, you should make those sellable. Well, and At they some point, switch some of them to sellable, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. I have. A, I actually got an extra red mage barding just last week. I think it was red mage barding. One of the bardings that drops in Eureka, but it's untradeable. So you just and you just basically throw it on the floor. Throw it on the floor. All right. Let's see. That's it for Little Lady's Day. It was cute. Go do it. Final Fantasy XIV boss talks how Blue Mage Experiment went over and the future of the game. I'm trying to think if I even read this one. <laughs> but, I uh, did. I skimmed yeah. it. Yeah. Let's read we'll it. We'll read it to you. So, well, we'll paraphrase it to you. Final Fantasy XIV is in a good place, but just nine years ago, things were looking disastrous. Blah, blah, blah. We know all this. So they... they Yoshi P took the helm and steered. Mama Yelta, tell me the story of 1.0 no, again. It was it was awesome in some ways and sucked in others. All right, so blah blah blah. Blue Mage was just recently made it to Final Fantasy XIV. The initial response was complete and utter excitement, and then that scene died down a bit once Square Enix revealed the aforementioned job would basically be a solo oriented class. Now they write this like months went by, but it was in. 
45 seconds of that. Uh, yeah, I right? was going to say, this was like between one sentence and another at FanFest where we're like, yeah, huh? And then the, the, like a silence went That's across the crowd and we all were like, what? Yeah, that was we, – we talked about it on this podcast. We were like – Blue Mage, yes, and then dead fucking silence. And that's, yeah. So, uh, so as we know, Blue Mage, basically solo oriented class, and it's not tuned for bigger groups and can't access most of the content of the game. Getting down to business, I asked Yoshi to just shed some light on this decision out of the gate, noting that there is potential for Blue Mage only PvP content. He explained that using powerful blue magic is what makes the class so interesting. And given that it, quote, breaks the balance of the game, quote, it wouldn't be feasible mm. to allow raid participation. He clarifies there's no plans for that. He also explains that certain abilities like level 5 death would have to be removed entirely. With that in mind, Yoshida and his team resolved to make Blue Mage as fun and, and wacky as possible, which includes more updates in the future. The interviewer pressed Yoshida on why he decided to include Blue Mages at all, to which he responded, Final Fantasy... Five as his favorite and first rendition of the job, he took to it and said he loved the level three flare ability. Yoshida finally re recalls the great struggle to attain it and the hilarity of it breaking the game. He ties this to my earlier inquiry, reiterating that he thought it would be fun to bring this sort of experience to Final Fantasy XIV. So, how are players taking to it? Yoshida says the feedback isn't far from their expectations. The team is working on ways to improve the interface and include more themed challenges custom-tailored to the job. In typical Yoshida fashion, the team was already looking at doing that, but now he wants to go further to meet their goals. Bringing to light the 2.0 edition of the game A Realm Reborn brought us the ninja in a similar fashion, while 3.0 Heavensward skipped on a late-to-the-expansion job, I asked whether getting back to a normal cadence. Yoshida isn't promising anything. As far as whether or not Square Enix considers it a success, he... Yoshida says he thinks it's a success. Yes. He expands huh. on that thought, noting that Blue Mage allowed us to implement a job with a number of unique actions and a higher level of difficulty in terms of progression. This generally may be considered unsuitable for the modern MMO, which leads a bit more casually. He names Raps, Beastmaster, and Puppetmaster as potential new solo jobs, making sure to say, of course, I'm not saying these are concrete plans of any sort, so please don't misunderstand that point. I'd love to see a pet tanking class in raids, so save the former for a core job, please. You're not going to get it, guys. Mm -mm. <laughs> if he thinks that what we got is a blue mage... He's probably thinking that Beastmaster from Eleven is what we're going to get, and that's a solo job. Or, well, was when I back when I played. So anyway, as for the future of the game, Yoshida is still unsure. I brought up his at least two more expansions left quote, which was used before Shadowbringers was announced, trying to get a general feel for how long Final Fantasy XIV has left. Yoshida indicated that he has a general image of the Final Fantasy XIV story, but wasn't trying to mark any number of expansions left for the game. He responds, Expansions will always be necessary for XIV's continued growth, and there will be more of them as long as we continue developing. Even if I no longer am in charge of XIV in the future, that will not mean we will cease the development of future expansion packages. Hmm. Now, is that a hint? Is he going... I don't, know. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Breaking it down for the fans, he gets into some inside baseball beats 
while teasing more to come. If we hypothetically call our current main scenario questline for the Heidelin slash Zodiac arc, that storyline is now past its midpoint and is going to ramp up from here. However, even if this arc finishes, that does not necessarily mean that the whole story of 14 will end. As long as there are warriors of light, the adventure will most likely not come to an end. That's fine with me. I'll likely keep playing until the servers shut down. Well, that'll be a long time. Yeah. Eleven still going. Well, and so. that's why I'm like, eleven still going, and it still gets updates, right? Yeah. So eleven, I I follow them on Twitter, and I still see updates. There was one recently about different things that they're adding to it. Now they're longer in between, and they're different things, and they're you know the the stuff that they add in after the fact, and they're not necessarily expansions. And I have I believe eventually fourteen will get to that point. A couple of things from this interview that I want to throw out there. When Yoshida says that the feedback isn't far from their expectations, what were their goddamn expectations then after this? I know Yelta and I were pretty hyped for Blue Mage, as were so many people. And if Blue Mage had met the expectations of what they said it was going to be, and I'm not talking about not being a a, a regular job. I'm talking about the part where he says, power for blue magic that mm-hmm. breaks the balance of the game. It don't break shit. I can't go solo Shiva by myself. It don't break shit, okay? I should be able to go into Shiva and pretty much, you know, be kind of eye to eye. And the fact that you can't use level 5 death, just turn it off. Just make it where level 5 death doesn't work on the on raid bosses. We, I don't see players what the understand. Big deal. Players would understand that's just too broken. Yeah. You've got like 49 abilities. Just take it off your bar. It would be something that you wouldn't use. We've talked about this before, but there's a lot of bloat, I believe, with Blue Mage where like you've got multiple abilities that stun. And, and so, things like Bad Breath are awesome. But like why do I need Phase and – you know, a few of these others that do the same thing, you know, like it, it doesn't make sense. Well, it's like Pokemon, and, I think you got to catch them all, even if you don't use them. Well, I, and I, I'm good with the whole catch them all thing. I'm just not good with them not having, I guess not every Pokemon has use either, but it just, it seemed more like bloat than it felt like a well-rounded experience. And then, um, I guess the other thing that I wanted to say in here was, yeah, let's talk about this, this little hint. Because when Yoshida gives hints, he doesn't really give hints of something that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. He talked about Red Mage way before Red. Red and Blue were talked about way before he did it. So he really, he's like a, he's like a bad boxer in Mike Tyson's punch out. He, he telegraphs every one of his fucking moves with an eye wink and an eyebrow wave. And, we know what he's going to do, but this thing here when he says um, he may not be the producer forever, where where did he say that? You know, even if I'm no longer in charge of 14 in the future. Now, we've talked about that ourselves before if he stepped out of the um, the director role and somebody else was – I don't mind him being producer, mm-hmm. but maybe the director part of it. Or, you know, he's got a bigger hat. He's over a larger division. His name is on multiple games that are not MMOs. 14 is not the only thing he's doing. I think people forget that. So I think at some point some fresh breath from a different director might be necessary for the continued growth of Final Fantasy XIV because – the stale shit, again, when I go and read some of the stuff from Shitpost or I read some of the stuff in the Reddit and the Twitters, you can be jaded, and I'm not trying to be jaded because we love this game, but there are times when you like, 
this is about as cut and pasty as the hamster tubes from old Gradania 1.0. There is some shit that is just stale as weak old bread. Like, we gotta get some freshness going on here. And if Shadowbringers is uh, Stormblood 2.0, which was Heaven's Word 2.0, mm-hmm. which was a... Re- like not as good of a story, in my opinion. I mean... Uh-huh. I thought about that the other day, too. I was like... I, I was listening to the soundtrack on the plane uh, coming back from Massachusetts. And I was like, you know, this music is a boss, but the story was kind of shit for Stormblood in some ways. There are some cool parts, but I was like, this story was kind of shit. Um, so... I, I'm expecting a better story out of Shadowbringers, but if we need to breathe some new life in this thing, and the fact is, it always comes down to who's in charge. Somebody's head has got to roll, and it can't be Mr. Ozma, and it can't be the lore team, because the lore is pretty fucking solid in this game. It ain't sure as hell soaking. Somebody's head's gonna roll when things get stale, and you just can sell oh, oh so many fat cats, and oh so many big whales or whatever else to make up the difference for reduced sales. So, I'm not saying this game is dying, but I they, they need to they need to make sure that the shit they roll out if it's meeting expectation, what was your expectation mm-hmm. of these I, new things? I'm disappointed that he didn't didn't answer that more fully. So, he's saying the feedback met their expectations, but what feedback did you read? What were their expectations? Uh-huh. Um, who did they listen to? Because they're, you know, he, if he w- he didn't even follow up with, well, we realize we realized, you know, it was kind of chancy putting a solo job into a game or to get some of the most of their abilities that had to be in a party, you know, that kind of thing. And it's not uh-huh. really as, as overpowered as we promised. And that Christ, you know. Yeah, we realized after three weeks nobody was really playing it anymore. So we we've decided that when it you know when we do it, we're going to add some more things. But we're listening to the feedback to make it more enjoyable for a longer haul. They didn't say anything like that. Mm-mm. It was like it's about what we expected, and I don't think the feedback on Blue Mage was that good. I don't think so either. Right? So were they expecting to be shit on? I mean, I don't know. Yikes! Yikes! No. Don't get me wrong. I like Blue Mage for what it is, but I'm glad I farmed the fucking primal spells already. I still have all the dungeon spells left, and there are not parties up for that. And I will probably make my own, or I will probably yeah. We gotta do some free bag, company. Yeah, parties I'm gonna probably that. have to set up some free company stuff because you know I, I'm I'm still missing a lot of it. Well, like not tons, but they're all dungeon ones, and I expected to be able to go in there. Honestly, I expected to be able to go in there with my squadron, right? I expected or to be so overpowered. I I actually kind of expected, I expected Primals to be the outlier, that that would be what I would have to team up for. I did not expect to have to team up for, and maybe I just suck or I'm too scared to try, but, you know, dungeon drops, I didn't expect to have to come up with a party for those to do them in any sort of reasonable time frame here's a final thought trust system Mm -hmm. we've talked about the trust systems but what did they say about trust systems in the last one well what they did say yalta was that it was going to be geared for the shadowbringers content right they didn't say that the trust system was for the fifth five the 2.0 stuff and the 3.0 stuff which is what we would have thought it was for like scares me i expected the trust system to be for old content old content behind i don't 
I still, I think, I think it's disastrous if they're, and it sounds like they are, if they're designing the trust system so you can solo through with your trusts new content. I think that's crap. I, I, I think it's terrible. Mm-hmm. I think it should be used for the old content. And then, then I could say, oh, well, Blue Mage can use your trust and maybe I can do Shiva by myself with my trust by my mm-hmm. side or whatever. It just – it seems like did they not think cohesively like for the different – right? Yeah. But I, I might be jaded too because I feel like they added trusts to 11 when there weren't enough people willing to help you with stuff. Right now right. there are still – there's still a fucking active player base. They should be encouraging us more to run shit with our friends. They should be rewarding us higher for making party finders or something. You know what I mean? I, I feel like we should be rewarded more, encouraged more for playing together with other real people. And I know, I know it's hard for a lot. A lot of people don't play well with others. And I don't mean that in a mean way. We have people with anxiety, we have people with disabilities, we have people with, you know, whatever is causing them not to, or, or, or could be your work hours. Maybe the server you're on is fucking dead after you get home from work. And, and, you know, I, I, I applaud Square Enix for, you know, trying to give you a way to, you know, build a NPC party to, to actually get some shit done, but it's... An MMO, when is it going to stop being an MMO? That's what I'm scared of. We're just going to be all playing next to each other, not with each other. Well, and I talked about this in the last episode, I think, where I'm afraid that eventually – it's not really a fear, but I feel like that they could go this route. The point of the trust system and everything else that they're leading up to is at some point they want people to play Final Fantasy XIV offline. Like how does it retain its numbered status as a story if you can't play and there's only three people left in the world that give a shit about fourteen, but you want to play through it instead of you going to watch a bunch of YouTube videos like you would have to do for Final Fantasy XI, you would just play in offline mode with your trusts and whatever else and you can complete the entire story arc at least the normal story, maybe not the raids, but the entire normal story arc with just me, myself, and I, and NPC Alphano and NPC Thancred and NPC Ishtola. It's it's worrying, I guess. I don't know. I'm not terrified, though. There's still an active player base. There's still a lot up in the Party Finder. I'm hoping that Shadowbringers looks exciting enough that people will return. I'm hoping that I mean, our free company's growing. I mean, there's I, yeah. still people oh, yeah. coming in, new players. I mean, we we're not trying to be doom and gloom here, but we are looking in the far future. Yeah. We want to look at the at the at the end game, so to speak. For sure. All right, there was another interview. This one was Kotaku. Final Fantasy XIV's director talks Blue Mages, world visits, and modern MMOs. This one I haven't actually read, so I'm going to read this one too. So Final -hmm. Final Fantasy XIV is prepping for a new expansion later this summer. The lead-up to this expansion, Shadowbringers, has brought new classes like the Blue Mage and will soon open worlds to the ability to visit other servers. Kotaku emailed questions to Yoshipi about the new job classes, whether or not world visits could shake up economies, and what multiplayer games he's keeping his eye on these days. 
on the introduction of blue mages, Yoshi P. The blue mage is only able to acquire balance because it is what we call a limited job. There are no plans to remove the limited aspect from this job. However, we do plan to raise the level cap on Blue Mage, and this doesn't necessarily have to be timed with the expansion release. So some point during 5.x patch series, people can expect new Blue Magic, which can be acquired, additions to the Masked Carnival, and even new content to tackle. I would say we're only at the So You Want to Be a Blue Mage chapter of the overall journey for this job. There's a lot of future Blue Mage content in the pipeline for our players to enjoy. I hope they don't just mean, here's some more abilities, go try to find mobs that use them. Mm-hmm. You know? And ha- have you done much Masked Carnival? I did up to the bronze. Um, I had some trouble with one of them, and I skipped it. I think it was the eighth one with the slimes and mm. some towers or something. Um, and I did the, the I did the eighth one, and it was fine. I didn't go further than that because I thought it was a little bland. I, I it was a mix to me between. Uh, just all out killing, and then there were some puzzle elements, which that part is kind of cool. I wasn't expecting I that. I them to be a little harder, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. And then I didn't try the silver or gold, but again, I'm like half on the abilities. Mm-hmm. I don't have any of the primal ones. I have half of the dungeon ones um, and, because I did most of my stuff solo. So I'm waiting to see once I get some of the primal ones because there's some things like use one of each element type. Well, I don't even have some of the elements um, unless some things count that I didn't realize yeah, that they are go, elements. Go reread them, but yeah, we need that. That just means we have to go do more final or more, you know, parties and get those things. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. And the idea of limited jobs, Heather Alexandria from Kotaku. But how do you decide what is or is not limited? For Blue Mage, it seemed to rest on how difficult it was to control when players unlock certain skills. Is there another job that you want to have in-game but only see working as a limited class? Beastmaster, for instance. Yoshida. The process of developing one's, one of these jobs doesn't start with us asking ourselves what will be the next limited job. We are, however, mindful of two things. Ensuring both that the job or job type we implement will be enjoyed by the players mm. and that it will make for an interesting and fun experience. Mm. Mm. During this process, if we come to a potential job that we feel may not necessarily fit well within standard party gameplay, we will then consider whether or not we make it a limited job. So they're just like throwing jobs against the wall and see if they fall into the can deal with party play must be solo buckets. Well, this is how I read this, Yalta. When they say the first step... uh for, we are, however, mindful of two things. Ensuring both that the job or job type we implement will be enjoyed by the players. I don't read that as enjoyed by the players. I see which one has been hyped up by the official forums or what the, the feedback we're getting so we can make that one first. They're going solely on hype, I believe. They're, they're saying what's the most hyped up name? Th- and it may be Beastmaster at this point, other beyond Dancer and maybe – uh, you know, um, geomancer or necromancer or something like that. Um, it, it, they're going to go purely on hype because hype is what brings dollars. Hype is what is going to bring the cash in. Uh, but beyond that, and when they say going to make it an interesting and fun experience, I think enough hype that they can hook you with it, and then they move on to the next thing, which is I think is a terrible way to to look at that because you're you're just saying 
how can I get your money mm-hmm. and then feed you the next experience? Which I feel is like a lot of the content. It's it's how can I how can I get you to buy into it for this three month period? And then when after this three months you're like, man, fuck this game, I'm bored again. They hook you with something else. There's not a thing that has longevity. And that would be my biggest one of my two biggest issues with Blue Mage is the longevity of it. Um, where you feel like you're you're you still have a reason to log into, even if it's for a daily or or whatever, a weekly, where you say, "Hey, this was fun to do. I'm gonna log in. I'm gonna do my thing." I know some people are doing that, but I just don't have that that feeling with it. Where I go, I got to do my mass carnival this week. It's a different challenge than the week before, and it was fun to do it. So let me knock this out this week, and it's cool. Um, and then um. The other would be like the promise weren't wasn't kept that it was game breaking and it was overly powered mm-hmm. or whatever else that I don't believe that promise was met. Yeah, I I think they could go a long way by just kind of tweaking Blue Mage to be even more powerful. Honestly, yeah. Um, and maybe that's part of their game plan. Maybe the next batch of spells we get are going to be fucking enormously breaking. But yeah. you know what I really what I personally think they could do if they did nothing else. I feel like right now, if they would just like roll out some upgradable equipment, mm-hmm. right? So if I could, if let's let's pretend for a minute, my weekly mass carnival gave me tokens, and then because Christ, we need more tokens in this game or something, right? But but right. let's say like every two weeks, you could purchase a new piece of gear that made you vastly more powerful. Now, I would log in and do these fights because I was working my way towards a cane or a chest piece or something that would make it so I could go back then, and now my spell potencies are so high or something that I can solo Shiva. A sense of accomplishment within the minigame? Oh, wow. Some progression. As if they couldn't build lore around what's-her-face that's running the mass carnival saying, hey, I'm building stuff for you. As Mm -hmm. you grow your fan base by doing these things, I can create better gear for you to help you perform in the mass carnival. What kind of – ask Ban Riota this shit. (laughs) How come we don't – how come they can't build this lore in? All right. I'll shut up. Yeah. No, I – honestly, send me money, Essie, because that would honestly make – me want to do something blue mage every week right if i knew i was working my way towards you know plus two blue mage armor i don't know christ even or something that something that mirrored maybe the relic armor or gear or weapon anyway where were we Oh, let's see. For Blue Mage, for example, we run into the issue where learning monster actions is the main pillar of the job, but we can potentially see a huge disparity in power between Blue Mages depending on the blue magic they've learned, even if their job level is the same. In other words, too large of a disparity in the number of Blue Magic abilities learned would create issues if Blue Mages were able to queue normally for duties. Okay, I kind of get that, but you couldn't assign a fucking number that would wait kind of as your gear score or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Christ, they could even say of the 49 abilities, only these are used for party play. Here are your yep. bars. Right? This is not this is not fucking unsolvable. Each spell could have a gear number to it, yeah. you know. Some spells weigh 1, some spells yeah. weigh 2, some spells weigh 3, whatever. Additionally, blue magic is interesting because they are powerful. However, oh wait, I just 
Oh no, it's almost, he's saying the same thing again. Additionally, blue magic is interesting because they're powerful. However, if we allow blue mages, blah, blah, blah. Uh, anyway, so for whatever bullshit reasons they've already explained to us, it's a limited job. By utilizing the concept of delimited jobs, I feel it could, pick, it could potentially open up possibilities to explore the addition of jobs such as like Puppet Master and Beastmaster. See, mind you, he keeps saying these two jobs again. So I believe like you, Ruby, if it wasn't already basically confirmed, he would not fucking say it. Yep. Beastmaster's first, I, I believe. I think so too. I think Beastmaster would make more sense. Well, well who knows? Honestly, the lore could make that decision but there's a lot of beasts i really think beastmaster is a limited job would be really fun and interesting and puppet master was another one in 11 that kind of was kind of lost identity was kind of weird i don't know mm-hmm. all right i haven't read this next part but i feel like i'm gonna get mad again so are we ready i'm ready all right on comparisons to final fantasy 11 and making a modern in quotes mmo yoshida whenever we compare final fantasy 11 with 14 i believe it's important to have a knowledge of the history of the mmo rpg genre for uh, 11 is part of the first generation of those games and the game itself is structured heavily on time to win model there's the assumption that players will spend huge amounts of time in game and therefore the game world provides the freedom to adventure without guiding the player through it. However, because you have the freedom, people end up getting lost or just spend a lot of time traveling between locations. Furthermore, there was this aspect of not being able to progress through almost all the content without a party. This type of gameplay experience continued for quite some time in the MMO space, although this did create some very strong experiences and memories which helped to drive the development of the MMO RPG genre. It also created an issue in the opposite end of the spectrum. Players weren't able to actually play the game because they couldn't dedicate the time. I have a huge problem with some of this, by the way. Mm-hmm. My problem, I still think things should take time, but I, I always thought they were going with the, okay, the end goal is way out there, but you can chomp it up and move towards it slowly in small chunks of time. If I only have an hour a day to play or five hours a week, I will just hit the finish line after someone who has five hours a night to play i agree right. i thought that was the goal i i i also agree with i don't necessarily want to walk through five zones no. to get to a spot no. to do something or sail on a ship for 15 minutes to get to a spot uh, a part to have something but when you when you do what you've done with this game you get parties like you talked about in the let's shoot the shit that nobody gives a fuck about the party that they're in eureka is supposed to be the final fantasy 11 experience Which but when you get into it nothing like what i expected right when you get into it people give such a little shit about it that as soon as you do a couple of nms or whatever it's like well fuck you i'm out I'm done. Whatever. You, you think that happened? You think you sat around in Port Juno or Lower Junior Juno trying to get a party for an hour and a half, and then when you finally get one, it disbands in 20 minutes? You gotta be kidding me! Not gonna happen. You're gonna sit out there and you're gonna you're gonna farm those mandies or goblins. You're, you're, or, once you gathered up, you were expected to still have an hour or two at least 
Oh or yeah, line you, up you're going to stick around. Well, and on top of that, I'm I'm shaking my cane at you youngsters. On mm-hmm. top of that, not only did you not join a party unless you had time to finish it or to make it reasonable cuz you used to j- shout for a party or whatever, or start a party, you would guide your group to the killing zone. You would fight your way there. You would find out it was camped and go somewhere else. Now, mind you, these all sound like bad things, but they were part of the experience. I'm okay with us skipping some of that, right? We have an easier time nowadays making a party. We can pretty quickly get somewhere. But, you know, once you were there, you partied. And you partied hard. And if you were going to level anytime soon, you had your next... You know, we didn't used to fucking automatically learn our new abilities we i brought my next set of gear i bought my next spell scrolls i bought you know i had the next weapon it it was an entirely different situation but i don't think all of that is useless you know you brought foods and potions and stuff there's this funny you brought up i remember when you had 30 minutes left you had to start searching for who the person that was going to replace you were and you had to go send a tell a whisper to the person sitting they in Lower you. Juno to say, can you replace me? And then when they finally got their ass to where you were at, then you then could you leave. Then you could go to bed, right? Yeah. No, there was there was way more personal responsibility and preparedness. Now, mind you, maybe that's not for 14, and, and that's okay. I can handle it. i am got my eye on other games that are wanting to harken back to those kind of eras. But, uh, yeah. A modern MMO has to have some modern things in it, but... But once you get to the content, yeah, that's great that we have an auto-replacement system. I think that's fantastic. I think it's great that I don't have to sit in Lower Juno for an hour to two hours. Oh, but I think it's great that if I'm playing a Red Mage, that I'm not pushed to the side. Or if I'm playing a Monk, I'm not pushed to the side no or whatever No one would else. invite Dragoons or something. I can't remember exactly. what it was. Yeah, My sister and I know, always made a point of inviting one because fuck it. We were farming stuff. Who cared? I get that, and that's great, but but when you get into the content, there's no feeling of, I need to stick with this because it's important, and that has to do with incentive, and that has to do with enjoyment, I believe. Mm-hmm. Not not maybe so much personal responsibility, although that was a factor in Eleven, but I did enjoy doing the grinding on some mobs. I did enjoy the magic bursts and skill bursts and things of that nature uh and i just feel like that that sometimes that that enjoyment may not be there like in something like eureka or in some of these other content that that it doesn't make you want to stick around for just the pure fun factor of it and i think that's probably a a problem with blue mage as well there's not a a fun factor involved that after two weeks when you've gotten your spells and you've done a little bit of the max carnival you're like ah kind of done Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I'm still kind of upset with Pagos, where I spend an hour or more in that party, and we only hit chain 33 times. That's ridiculous. Because mm-hmm. people were like, oh, I'm going to leave. Uh, my timer's almost up. Oh, my God. Why are you even shouting for someone? We used to poll our party. If, if I had to go in a half an hour, I would be like, I have to go in a half an hour. Should I find a replacement? And the other people would be like, yeah, I still got two hours, so go ahead. Or we would, or if two of us had to go, we'd both be finding replacements and they'd both be heading over there before. You know, it's just, there's a lot more communication. Now, there was a lot slower gameplay too. When I go back and play mm-hmm. 11, I'm, 
on the server I was playing on, you know, there's downtime. You have time to chat. You have, you know, whatever. But, I don't know. There's something... I feel like they're still missing some balance in there between a, a modern MMO and and the spirit of MMO. So anyway, where mm-hmm. are we? Let's see. So yeah, they, they, they don't want us to not be able to actually play the game because we couldn't dedicate the time. So when they were redesigning it, they had a strong mindset to make a Realm Reborn the final game of mm. the second generation of MMORPGs. Modern day gamers are very busy and time has become far more valuable than money. Many forms of entertainment not limited to video games are now vying for players' time. Keeping that in mind, at the base, Final Fantasy XIV is built upon providing a high-quality experience for players, even if they are only playing in shorter sessions. On top of that base, we create content that provides the opportunity for those who wish to spend more time playing, but never making that a mandatory experience. That's the difference between eleven and fourteen. Well, there's a lot more, but okay. Uh, he goes on to say, I grew up heavily immersed in the first generation MMORPGs myself, so I would like to have the opportunity to create a game that fits the mold, but I'm certain it would be tough to sell in this day and age. On the oncoming world visit system, and whether or not it might affect server economies. Alexandria asks, I know some players who are worried that their servers might see a rise in bots when the gates open. Is the team doing anything to prepare for these sort of things and combat this in the future? Yoshida says, I believe there's no doubt that the economy will show some fluctuation, but I don't think farming bots would suddenly increase in a number across all worlds unless there's a sudden surge in the number of players. Supply and demand should not change drastically. The game economy will show increased activity at first, and I think players will jump from world to world to sell and buy items. However, each of these economies will establish a price point within the market, and the initial fluctuations should stabilize. I'm honestly a bit more concerned about the fluctuations on the market price being very severe over a short amount of time rather than an increase in bots. As an aside, we've always been applying countermeasures against bots, and we report to our players each week. We continue to ban thousands of to tens of thousands of characters that are d- determined to be taking part in these activities. We will continue to do our due, dil- due diligence to mitigate this type of a- activity. That's that's good and all. <laughs> I do think I do think it's, there's going to be a massive shakeup when you can buy stuff on other servers. Basically, you go to the teleport crystal and then you go to the market board and search for something you're looking for and you can just do that until you find the lowest price and buy it. Or you can use, yeah. you know, there's there's third-party software out there that scans stuff, so you can you can find the lowest price. Whether that's good or bad depends if you're buying or selling. But it's going to happen, so just, you know, breathe. <laughs> on other multiplayer games he follows Yoshida says I regularly check out all varieties of online games but currently feel that Monster Hunter World has great potential the ease of content magic and the unique gameplay experiences almost instantaneously provides excitement works very well within the current gaming era and I feel there's even greater potential for this title uh, one other strong example would, of course, be the World of Warcraft. Looking at the various challenges they took on with their latest expansion package, I feel that they have certain foresight that can look even a few years ahead and continue to very strong. Well, okay, 
That one's hilarious. If he's looking at something positive in the current World of Warcraft world, <laughs> there, yeah. there's you could just, just Google Warcraft refugee because they are coming to fourteen in massive. People are writing up articles yep. and recording videos. So you finally had it with Warcraft. Here's how you. Here, people are not happy. Here's with that how new you fourteen. Expansion. Yeah, I don't know. Ugh. Maybe he means what not to do. I don't. know. I don't know. I don't know. It's I, I. It has problems, is my understanding. Now I don't play Warcraft lately, so I don't know. All right, we have another article. We have Yoshida Nikoi Yoshida comments on Baldessian Arsenal feedback alongside today's hotfix. All right. So regarding Eureka Hydrodos, Hydados. And the Baldessian Arsenal. Hello, everyone. This is Final Fantasy XIV producer and director Yoshida here. It's been roughly two weeks since it was released. I'd like to thank you all for your valuable feedback. Oh, as you may know, Eureka and the Baldessian Arsenal were created with the concept of breaking down Final Fantasy XIV's fundamental gameplay. As a result, following the release of this final installment, we've received more feedback than usual from all over the world. Uh, this feedback posted on the forums, I noted there's a big divergence between North American slash European and Japanese players. The hotfix schedule for today will introduce a number of adjustments. Based on your feedback in this occasion, I'd like to take the opportunity to respond to some of the concerns raised and also explain our intent behind these changes. Please be warned that the post will run a little long, as it comes from myself as well as the lead battle content designer, Nakagawa. Mm, some of this is coming back to me mm-hmm. that I remembered what's happening here. A lot of this has to do with the the the, the there's an optional choice mm-hmm. when you get to the end. You know this I, now because yeah, yeah. you've done this. So so when you finish the initial storyline without going into BA, you have a text box that lets you choose. Honestly, Ruby, I can't remember what I chose. I don't know if I'm angry or not. I don't know what kill you, them all. Right? That's what you. Chose. I don't know. No, I think I said. I think I chose jail them. I don't remember. But anyway, so so there was a now, mind you, there was a there was a what do you call that? There was a dialogue choice between two options. They've done this before in the game, and it has never mattered before, right? Never. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been no real difference so apparently a what you choose actually has a difference in this now it scared me because it's like well what you choose here you'll get the same rewards but other things might be different and i'm like i don't know what the fuck that means and i'm not going to google it because i don't want to spoil myself so anyway you have this dialogue choice which usually doesn't mean anything, but apparently here it does. So you get a different post-clear story based on what you chose there? Is that what I'm hmm. reading? I have not. I've, I know two weeks ago I swore I would go into BA and do it, but I've been chicken shit. So people are mad that your dialogue choice matters here somehow. And people are also upset that the true ending for Eureka is in here, behind optional content. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And they said they would never they do that again. That. After the coil stuff, 
They said they would never do something like that again. And to me, Baldizzi and Arsenal is an afterthought. It doesn't really bother me too much about you know what's what's happening in in Eureka. I'm hoping to see the end of Eureka for myself before uh, Shadowbringers uh, comes along. But to me, this is to me this is a moot point. But this is also coming from somebody that completed uh, Coil before. Uh, 2.0 ended and as a 1.0 player I had to see what was going to come out of Coil so I get that I understand people being upset with uh, an ending being changed based on quote unquote additional content alright then we have a word from the lead battle content designer Nak Kagawa. Hello, everyone. This is Lead Blah Blah Blah. Thanks for your feedback. First of all, I'd like to apologize for the stress you've experienced as a result of the entry requirements for BA, and I'd like to thank you all for observing good manners while enjoying Hydados and BA. So there's an explanation here. They've they've eased the requirements to get an etheric stabilizer. If you don't know what this is, that's the item you need to stabilize one of the portals. You can get the stabilized portals will eventually show up, but if you want to get in there first, you have to have one of these. And it was like a lot of crystals of all the kinds of crystals, or it was three items that I don't remember where they came from. I have two of the three items. I do not have an etheric stabilizer. So anyway, they've actually adjusted it so you can buy the stabilizer for much cheaper amounts of uh, crystals. It's like, it used to be 500 of each of the crystals, now it's 100. Um, So that should make it easier to get in. So then they increase the rewards for the fate, the support fate. So when people are actually in doing BA, this fate will pop, and you know, that you just you just hope apparently that people go do the fate. And mm-hmm. they've increased the rewards for that fate. So that's good. To make people want to do it. Yeah. yeah. I've heard some pe- I've heard about this and that like people will cheer these people on to help the people inside and I I think that's great from an altruistic standpoint, but again, the way this game is designed and really human nature. Mm-hmm. If you don't it, it's What's in it for me? If, yeah, what's what's the what's on the end of the hook? You know, mm-hmm. is there a carrot or a stick? You know, what's going on here? Uh, the other problem is the two fates, Baldissian Arsenal Expedition Support, and I don't want to believe people go in there, f- do the fate enough to qualify, and then fuck off. They just wander away. <laughs> and the away. tanks are left tanking yeah, the mob. Yeah. yeah. So um, <clears throat> I haven't gone in yet, but yeah, you. I know I'm I'm in the Discord. I think it's that like tries to arrange runs for this, and um, and they they have a rule that only leave the fate if there's enough people still there. Well, how do you how do you know, right? How do you know that everybody else isn't just waiting to leave? As soon, you know you don't want the fates to expire or fail. So anyway, that they, they know that it's a problem, people abandoning those fates, and they know it's one of the biggest problems, and they're hurrying to implement a solution. I don't know what that means, man. Greater rewards? I, well, and I've actually heard this uh, suggested by some people that 
Maybe it should get a super small amount of the armor tokens from those fates, right? Because the reason they're rushing back in is to do BA, and one of the big rewards from BA is the tokens to get the new armor, so. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. All right, the problem came as a result of an attempt to address the issue immediately before the patch's release. They, oh... They observed Avni's knockback was preventing players from receiving entry rights. Oh, okay, so you have to do this fate, and you have to get a buff from the fate, but if you get knocked back right before it goes down, you don't get it. So, yeah, yeah. so apparently people were trying to stay there and do the fight, but still didn't get the buff. I don't know. Anyway, so they're considering adjustments. Uh, one of them is change to the fate I don't want to believe. Delay ethereal node spawning by a few minutes to following Avni's defeat. Limit the granting of the ethereal prime buff to the battle area. Because basically right now you can go in there, touch it, run off, and still get the buff. Right? So both of those changes I think would be good. If you don't feel like you have to rush to get a node, you're not going to leave the fate early. Or, if you're not going to get the buff till the boss is actually dead, and you're there killing it, you're not going to leave. So, I think both of those would probably be decent changes. Um, changes to the fate, but Baldissian's arsenal expedition support. In line with the above, they want to make the, f- the following adjustments. Delay the ethereal node spawning by a few minutes. Have unstable nodes spawn first. Followed by, I think they mean stable nodes a few minutes later. I, I do too. Limit the granting of the ethereal primed buff to the battle area. I think I think they should they could just start by doing this to both of them. Limit the granting of the ethereally primed buff to the battle area, uh, and also take that knock back out. Because if you're actually actively fighting it till it is dead, you should get the buff. So anyway. Through these adjustments, we intend to prevent players from abandoning the fates. However, as these changes must be implemented with care and following extensive testing, it may take a little while before we can proceed with them. As a result, they won't go live in today's hotfix, but we aim to implement them as soon as possible. They ask everyone for patience, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so reflecting on Badlistian Arsenal by Nakagawa. Uh, BA was an extremely adventure, ambitious venture. They were driven by the strong desire to deliver an experience and, jo- and enjoyment that players had never seen before in battle content. At the heart of the enjoyment is the restriction on resurrection, which was, introduces a heightened sense of tension as you play. That's how it all began. The inspiration was from games used to play feverishly, like Diablo 2 in hardcore mode, Wizardry on the Famcom, to name a couple. I feel that we succeeded in bringing that same enjoyment and sense of tension to our players in the BA. I also believe we succeeded in creating an enjoyable high-difficulty raid dungeon for the largest ever number of participants ever seen in Final Fantasy XIV. Having said that, due to the above-mentioned issues and other things we've learned through your feedback, we've created, or we've caused our players a great deal of stress. And this is something we deeply regret. We've made it We've been made to realize there are many things we can change and improve upon. We're determined to correct all the major issues and to take the experience with us when we develop future content. 
My responsibility in 14-team is to plan and develop battle content that will be enjoyed by all of our players. In this post, I've been given the chance to say a few words on Eureka and the Baldessin Arsenal, but I'd like to state that in my desire to create great content applies across the board. In the future, should more issues like this arise, I promise to take your feedback to heart, communicate openly with you all, and quickly take the necessary measures to improve things. Thank you for going. Thank you for your continued support. So then Yoshida finishes with going forward. This is Final Fantasy XIV producer, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Eureka has been a challenge for the 14 team following on from the diadem. So it's better than the diadem. But... Okay, so Final Fantasy 14 based gameplay is very important to us. And in order to have as many players as possible enjoy themselves, we take care not to introduce unnecessary stress on content. On the other hand, we also believe there's a payoff to be had in a sense of accomplishment at the end of the sustained effort and heightened tension. This is a good kind of stress, and it's the driving concept between content such as the Diadem and Eureka, which aim to break outside of the Final Fantasy XIV box. As a result, there are maybe situations like Hadados where feedback diverges greatly depending on region, and issues arise that are beyond our anticipation. But we learn from this and strive to continue delivering new ways to play. With the 5.x series of patches, We'll be, continue, we'll be trying something new again, but in the meantime, we'll continue making adjustments not only to Hydados, but to a, a Eureka at large. Thank you for your continued support. Whew, sorry. Oh, baby. Yeah, it's a long one. I, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like a lot of people like Baldizian Arsenal. We Even with the problems that it has, a lot of people, once they get into it, if you can get over the bullshit about getting into it and people sniping groups and all that other fr- fucking shit. I think people really do like what Baldizian Arsenal mm-hmm. has to offer and that more content like Baldizian Arsenal is a step in the right direction. And these are easy things to fix and go forward with to make good content uh, that can make good changes to the diadem or, good ch- or, or, or where they can add this to other types of content uh, or make new types of content with this this blueprint, and have some successful, really party party dungeons. These open these open area dungeons, uh, whatever they call them. I I think it's a step in the right direction, and I hope that they can they can clean this one up and uh, and and make it right for uh, for Shadowbringers and beyond. I I think it does some stuff right. It also does stuff wrong. You can't have an open world dungeon where I don't I don't know. There's there's problems. I expected more like pop items to be enjoyed by parties and to be able to actually get in there with your party and that kind of thing. I I have to do it yet, but it sounds like it's not well designed as both purely open world pug content nor is it very friendly to pre-maids. So, I don't know. Right. Yeah, I, I think there's some adjustments that could be made, but I think it's, I think they're at least trying something. I, I am, I'm, I'm happy to see them say things like they're trying to think of some things that are outside the box, that kind of thing. Because I, I, you know, that's kind of the staleness we complain about. Is everything is the same old, same old. So I don't know. We'll we'll see what mm-hmm. they do with it. 
you want to cover this next one or do you want to skip it for now? We're at two hours. We can – well, this is only a partial <laughs> translation of the Dengenki thing. So I think it's worth maybe maybe pending this for when they when there's a full translation. We have an official translation on it. But it's basically uh, lead designer Takeo Suzuki uh, just doing a, a simple Q&A about the art. There's nothing – I don't think there's anything in here there's that's lore-breaking. So. Yeah, and nothing that's going to be like here's your new race or here's mm-hmm. your new job or anything. So we'll save this one uh, since we're running long for uh, for another episode when we have a full one. But if you're interested in reading it in advance, uh, this one did appear on Reddit and it's titled "Dengenki Online Interview with Lead Designer uh, Takeo Suzuki." So check that out for yourself. And there is uh, the the Dengenki article is linked, but um, it it was a rough translation, uh, I believe by. Dark Slime slash Z. Maybe he's just reposting it. So give it a look. All right. What's on tap? We do have a developer's blog, Flower Power. It's about the new Little Ladies Day event. It basically, honestly, the same exact fucking screenshots as the uh, event <laughs> page. But uh, so, yeah, go do the event and they link you to the site. There's not any other meat here. All right. Whew. We have some shots, but we are going to pass that to next week because I don't want to record for another hour. No, but I do want to say we got a story about the new TOS, and we want to share that on the next episode. But this gives you guys a chance for another week to give us some stories that you have about the TOS. Have you experienced a negative take, possibly a positive take from – Something that has happened. Um, we we just want to know feedback that since the TOS changed, have you felt like this has been a good change or was it just the opposite for you? So if you have any stories or if you want to share a story, we would like to share that on the next episode. So please send it to us. For sure. Yeah, I've, I've heard I've heard I haven't heard any like success stories, but part of that's. Because that's the way reporting people works, right? They don't get back to you and say, by the way, I banned that asshole. Right? So. Right. All right. So happy hour. I'm very happy, Ruby. I'm happy. Me too. It's not I'm just, jumping for joy like a rum. little bunny. Little bunny. Bunny boys was the, bunny boys was the, uh, was the topic of the day, right? So we had a, we had a, uh, contest. Show us your bunny boy. And we have winners. Oh, my God, you guys. Oh, my yes. God, you guys. Now, I, I kind of want to go through quickly the the entries that we had because we had a few, and these were all great. But, of course, we picked our top three that will all win uh, the Cloud Minion from us. So after we, we announce these winners, we will be contacting uh, individually the winners by uh, Twitter DM, and we'll be talking to you about how to get you your codes. But we received um, from uh, from Dell. <laughs> we received and these are great we can go over them while we got them uh deli sent us uh deli sent us a picture of his bunny boy with beethoven hair tiny wrists and a tiny face uh with uh, a giant rose upper body and big legs oh, but skinny but arms. triple super long eyelashes well that's what's important <laughs> they have to bat those big bunny in, eyes in of waist. theirs 
thin feet. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Trash Panda sent us one, and this sure looks a lot like Johnny Bravo with Big Chungus in in his uh, in his shirt. Uh, and th- this one this one is really great with the uh, Vieira ladies just behind him. This next one uh, th- make me laugh so hard because <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw Aquaman and yeah, he's hot, and this is just makes it ridiculous. The bunny oh. ears and nose, the bunny boy Eorzean needs. Jaraki, you made me laugh. Oh yeah, that one is great, Jaraka. So Jarka. thank you for that one. That is awesome. Uh, then we also had our very own uh, Brock Sampson. I think he kicked this. Two of these, but uh, it's got himself dancing uh, in Ooh. in his. What is the name of this outfit? It's the really the it's the bunny it's the outfit. Bunny outfit but, for males, and he's a male yeah. row, and he just looks terrifying and amazing mm. at the same time. And then something that looks out of like H and R Puff and stuff's <laughs> Nightmare World or something here, a, a bunny doll. Uh, this that's pretty that's a damn terrifying creepy. stuffed animal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ani's Arcade sent us uh, two. Uh, the first one was uh, uh, a big bunny boy looking uh, roguelike with uh, uh, fangs and two daggers sticking mm-hmm. out and says, uh, I feel like this is almost dumb enough looking for Square Enix to disappoint <laughs> us with. <laughs> hey, don't worry. They'll really disappoint us when they don't even announce Vieira Mail. Uh, he says, LOL, but wh- yeah, why not a buff barrel-chested small leg bunny guy like Sephiroth but with ears? I-, I can feel it. But the second one, okay, here's the resub. What if they're lala-sized but way fatter? And there's this tiny bunny boy in a pair of whitey tidies. Oh, Looks like he's got his hands on. Right? Little white right? Little white with an ass. <laughs> he's a marauder bunny. He-, he looks like he needs some sit-ups, too. <laughs> It looks like me with my shirt off. I appreciated Snick Bads because I I think bunnies and I think Harvey, right? It, <laughs> if, if you're too young to know, go watch the movie. But uh, yeah, so what if you think male Vieras are invisible 6'3 and named Harvey? Do I just submit a blank file? <laughs> Love Harvey. That's great. Uh, Mog Moxie sent us two. The first of, uh, here's my Mel Vieira. Sorry for the low quality, but I'm learning digital art still. Well, we did say turn us on, and this mm-hmm. is a, ma- a Mel Vieira with his, with the thong. I want to sing the thong song here, and he's, he's turned his back to us. But the second one, That's this is the real just, submission. Oh my God. This, this is, this is the true submission. I present you the male chungus. If you've seen Titanic, you're going to know exactly the scene that we're talking about. I've but seen, you know, I never, paint- I never saw, I never saw Titanic. But I saw that, mm-hmm. and I'm like, paint me like your French girls. Yeah, draw me yeah. like one of your French girls here, and and this is what we've got. But it is a big boy with a with a what is the hairstyle like a quaff or something? Uh, I, I don't know, know what to call this. this. And, and the big bunny ears, but this is a large, large man. It's just this is Peter like, Griffin's belly. Right? This is Peter. This is Peter Griffin as a Vieira uh, looking Those sexual are some sexy for us. Eyes, by the way. All right. Uh, Philip Kane sent us a machinist version with an eye patch looking uh, pretty dashing here. So I just leveled machinist to 70. I love it. 
so this is what my focus was here. I see a lot of big, buff, long-haired, Fabio-esque bunny boys, and I think if – please, Square Enix, don't fuck this up. They do add male Vieira. We know we'll see some short-haired boys and some facial hair, so this is my idea. And he does have uh, a nice, uh, thin beard here, and he's got his uh, shirt unbuttoned, and he's looking a little um, Han Solo-esque. I think, and uh, it's pretty Looks good. Pretty Looks tight. good. Just watching yeah. male Vieira either A, not exist, or B, not be allowed any facial hair. Oh, yeah, some smooth bunnies. Mm, we'll see. Uh, Modern Marvis, Marvel sent us, so I'm not much of an artist, but here's a small sketch. I like the idea of the short tunic and the medium to high boots. I also like the idea of interchanging headpiece. And we've got a, a pretty uh, buff uh, but thin male Vieira with a helmet. He does look angry, and his helmet looks a little Mega Man-ish. I'm, I'm getting that, like that Mega Man vibe. I do like it. I do like it. There's, there's uh, so many to like, though, so, but we did pick three. We did pick three, so Yelta, read us our winners. So, Mog Moxie, you got you got the sexiest award, and that is for the, <laughs> the Peter Griffin bunny lounging sexually on a couch. That was the best. That I was, was turned on. I'm a little tingly there. Uh... Next one was uh, Philip Kane. I we love, love, love your machinist bunny. That was so good. Very cool. I loved it. Uh, Jarka, that's the funniest shit ever. <laughs> By the way, that's just I just love just just basically Jason Momoa with bunny ears all tatted. Listen, up. if if they made this one into a movie, it would it'll beat Captain Marvel's. Views. I'm I'm certain of it. If they put this in the theater on March 8th versus Captain, I'm maybe watching, nipple rings. Maybe add some nipple rings. I, yeah, add some nipple rings, and I'm watching Jason Momoa as male Vieira in theaters March 8th. I'm doing it. So congratulations to our winners, and thank you everybody who submitted. There, they were all amazing and fun. I just. I I didn't even expect this many entries, so I'm I'm super excited. And we will uh, contact you on Twitter and get you your codes. Yay! Yeah. All right, it is past closing time at this point, guys. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. You can find links to all of our episodes and blog posts on our website, www.gtffxav.com. While you're there, please leave us a comment. And if you'd like to, you can support us by clicking the donation button. You can find us on Twitter at gtffxiv. Email us at gtffxiv at gmail.com. Please rate us. Uh, personal plugs, Ruby. Yes, you can find me on Twitter at RubiconVale, R-U-B-I-C-O-N. B-A-L-E. And you can find me on Twitter at Yelta Sumasu, Y-E-L-T-A-S-U-M-A-S-U. As always, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.